Hey guys, this is Nish Kumar and I'm super excited to announce that I've restarted my podcast. It's been a long time and I can't wait to retell different mythological stories with you. Today, we will continue the, the story of Atalanta, the greatest huntress, second to Artemis. Let's pick up where we left off and last time, let's see where our adventures take her next. In the previ- previous episode, we learned that the king of Arcadia, Iasus, was disappointed when his wife gave birth to a girl instead of a boy. He abandoned the child in the wilderness where a bear found her and raised her. Later in life, hunters invaded an, the only haven at Atalanta New and stole her from the bear. And then they taught her to act like a human. When she was a woman, the villagers wanted her to get married, but she ran into the wilderness and lived there until the prince of Caledon, named Meligar, sought her out to help him with a little problem, a rampaging feral pig. Atalanta accepted the invitation and killed the pig. That's where we left off last, last time. Now let's get started. After the hunt, Atalanta was invited for dinner at the palace. The other hunters were jealous of her, so she took the boar skin, which Atalanta had taken from the pig, and didn't give it back. Atalanta couldn't kill them all, but Meligar acted first. He killed the offending men. His mother, Queen Althea, was outraged. You killed two of our best hunters because of the honor of a wild woman. She was so angry that she threw the piece of firewood that controlled Meligar's life into the hearth, incinerating it. Yeah, the prince's life depended on a piece of wood. It was a cruel joke from the fates, the three daughters of Zeus, who looked like creepy grandmothers, who controlled mortal lives with string. Anyway, when the wood disintegrated into a pile of ash, Meligar did too. Atalanta was horrified. She knew if she stayed, she would be arrested. So she disappeared into the wilderness for a second time. She never wanted to see this so-called civilized world again. But unfortunately, her reputation spread. Eventually, her king, her father, King Nysus, re- realized that his daughter was Atalanta. You know, back in the day, there were no birth certificates, but they had the next best thing, if you could call it that, oracles. You see, King Iasus and Atalanta went to the Oracle of Delphi at about the same time, but surprisingly did not run into each other. When Atalanta was on her way from home from Caledon, she ran into the Oracle. Atalanta was kind of bored, so she asked the prophetess, Oh Oracle, what is my fate? Can I live without getting married? Marriage is a fate you cannot avoid, the Oracle answered. Your father, King Isis, is searching for you and will not rest until you are wed. There's one upside though. You can agree to be married on your own terms, but beware. Your marriage will be will change your identity and will be your un- undoing. Goodbye. Atalanta left, not sure what to do with that information. When Isis went to the Oracle, it confirmed his suspicions. Atalanta, the fearless hunter, was his daughter, and she would return to get married, and all he had to do was sit tight. King Isis was delighted. Prophecies are awesome, he cried, and went back to his palace. A few days later, King Isis wasn't surprised when Atalanta showed up at his gates. My dear and beloved daughter, you have returned. I have long awaited your arrival, he exclaimed when the gods escorted her to the throne room. You have awaited the arrival of a daughter who, as a baby, was abandoned by you? The king forced a smile. Yes, our exact daughter. Now, about your marriage. Atalanta couldn't believe it. Her father just talked about abandonment as if it was nothing bad. She clenched her joy and anger, but the king didn't notice. Okay, here are the terms of marriage, he started off, but Atalanta cut him off. Father, the oracle said I cannot avoid marriage, but I could be wed on my own terms. So, I ask you, let me choose a husband on my own. The king furrowed his brow. Daughter, that is not how things usually work, he said. You, if you don't let me choose, I will take my chances to find the oracle and kill you, Atalanta said plainly. The king gulped. Okay, on your terms then. What do you want? Do you have a racetrack? Atalanta asked. The king scoffed. Of course I have a racetrack. That is such a silly question. 
Then tell whoever wants to marry the princess should meet me at the track tomorrow morning. People of Arcadia, Atlanta are now succeeds dictating battle tactics. Here are my terms of marriage. The first man to win a race against me shall be my husband. But if I catch you before I cross the finish line, Atlanta showed the harder hunting knives. But not to worry, I'll give you a head start. What? A dumb suitor said. A head start against a girl? No way. This is insulting. He and an underbunch of men stormed off. Yeah, back in those times, women were not taken seriously. A few brave people stayed behind, anxious to win Atlanta. But they could not. Every man who stepped foot on that track was dead in seconds. Every man lost hope. Every man except for Hippomenes. He knew he could not beat Atlanta without help, so he went to Aphrodite's temple. Oh, goddess of love, please help me win a race against Atlanta. Young Hippomenes, I cannot do that, Aphrodite replied. I can, however, give you these. She held out three golden apples. These are irresistible, so throw them behind your back when Atlanta is about to kill you. After you win her, sacrifice an animal to me. Hippomenes was delighted. Thank you, goddess, he said, and heaved a sack of apples to the racetrack. Atlanta was breaking at the track, but no suitors were waiting to race her. This was Hippomenes' lucky day. Princess Atlanta, he announced. I have come to race you. Atlanta frowned. She thought all the men had given up. What is your name? She asked him. I am Hippomenes, he answered. Very well, Hippomenes. Race me at your own will, Atlanta said, and took her place behind him. And King Isis yelled, One, two, three, go! Hippomenes took off as fast as he could, but Atlanta was faster. When he sensed Atlanta was behind him, he threw an apple at her. She tried to swerve to avoid the fruit, but his fragrance was intoxicating. She leapt and caught the fruit while Hippomenes was a quarter around the track. Atlanta grumbled. Stupid fruit. She grumbled and she ran to catch up with Hippomenes. She was halfway around the track now. Hippomenes threw the second fruit behind him when Isis yelled, That's my daughter. That time, this time Atlanta was prepared. She, was she tried to dodge it, but it reminded her of her days with the bear. She caught it again and ran, but balancing two apples with a knife was hard. Hippomenes was almost at the finish line when she unsheathed her knife, knives and prepared to stab him, but an apple snapped her in the face. She reared and Hippomenes crossed the finish line. Atlanta and Hippomenes were wed the next day. Hippomenes announced prince, was announced prince of Arcadia. One morning, when they were coming back from a nice day of hunting, Aphrodite struck. You see, Hippomenes had forgotten about his promise to the love goddess, so he wanted to take revenge. She went to Zeus, the king of the gods, and told him, Zeus, these mortals have disrespected me. I want you to punish them. So Zeus changed them into lions and they ran into the wilderness, and the prophecy of the oracle came true. And that's the end of the story of Atalanta, the great huntress. Next time we are continuing the story of Hercules. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.